brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. You know, I was just looking at uh, Trump's Twitter account and something he tweeted out an hour ago just it, it just it just shows how crazy things are in politics. Um, he tweeted he retweeted something Senator Ted Cruz put out mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. about impeachment and said words of wisdom. Thank you, Ted. This is the guy who he bitterly opposed <laughs> in the 26 campaign w- campaign went after his wife. Mm-hmm. Ted Cruz then said, leave her the hell alone. Went after his father then, went after too. his father being a part of the yeah. JFK assassination yeah. or something. And now he's, it's it's just, I guess he doesn't hold a grudge, Trump. That's politics makes for strange <laughs> bedfellows. I, I don't know why. I just it, That just kind of took me off guard when I, uh, the other thing that Trump just tweeted out within the last hour or so, <laughs> I'm going to talk about this later. The so-called supreme leader of Iran, who has not been so supreme lately, (laughs) had some nasty things to say about the United States and Europe. Their economy is crashing and their people are suffering. He should be very careful with his words. Yeah, I'm going to talk about the whole Iran situation uh, later on in the show. This is Beyond Reason Radio. I am your host, Michael Yaffe, the voice of reason, the voice of truth. In a world that is beyond reason, we are back right now on News Radio WFLA Orlando. I've been off for uh, quite a while. I haven't done this show in a while, but we're back. But if you miss any of the show, you can always catch the podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Just search for Beyond Reason Radio or anywhere else that podcasts are available. And I also post interviews on there and other stuff as well. So you definitely want to check that out. And we're joined once again by Tom Benson. Uh, Who's producing? Tom, how are you? I am doing fine and uh, stepped outside after the six o'clock, the five o'clock show for a little bit. And you know what I noticed? It's getting lighter later. The lo- days yeah, are getting longer. Days are getting longer, yeah. yeah. It was also a little bit cooler today, I thought. Yes, it was. It was a nice yeah. breeze going yeah, we're on. We're supposed to have a real chilly day on Tuesday. Yeah. 
Uh, I, you know, usually I hate the cold, mm-hmm. but I am so tired of this hot weather. <laughs> and then like, there's already, there's like pollen all over my car now. Oh and yeah. I'm like, it's not even spring. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what is happening? Well, you know, that could be a problem with some, uh, some plants and what have you. Yeah. If it's as warm That's as it true. is, they think it is spring. So I have like five pat, you know, stacks of paper mm-hmm. in front of me. Mm-hmm. I really don't know where I want to begin because, you know, if I talk to a program director or something and I say, well, you know, what should I start with for talking about the week's news? They would, they would, they would inevitably say impeachment impeachment's the big news. That's where we have to go. Uh-huh. That's what everyone's thinking about mm-hmm. Mike impeachment. <laughs> and I don't want to start with impeachment. You're tired, huh? Well, and this is, uh, so, you know, Bud told me recently the problem with impeachment is we know how it ends. You know, it's the Senate's not going to convict sure. them. Sure. Well, it's like, it's like watching a football game and you already know the score. Yeah. It's just not as interesting. Yeah. But or it's like watching a game that you already know the score too. You know, because right. it's on a replay or something. But exactly. But the other thing is this week the big news, I guess, at least in the past couple of days, is Lev Parnas. This uh, Ukrainian guy who was working with Giuliani, mm-hmm. and Giuliani was trying to get him to get information on Ukraine to look mm-hmm. into the 2016 election. Mm-hmm. And now this guy is saying Trump was involved in all this, and this makes Trump look bad. And the mainstream media, and especially those on the left, are saying this is a bombshell, which we hear all the time now. And I'm just like, the guy was indicted for lying. <laughs> The guy was indicted for lying and falsifying documents, and now all of a sudden, because he's against Trump, they all love him, love him, believe. Like I just feel like it's another one of these things that's not going to go anywhere because the guy has no credibility. Right, milk it for all it's worth while you can, though. So I'm supposed to like talk about that and everything, and I'm like, it's it's not going to go anywhere. And they say, oh, maybe he should be a witness. They don't want him to be a witness. He's what? so incredible. He's yes. he's a liar. Like the Democrats want to use this to muddy the waters to make Trump look bad, mm-hmm. so he loses the next mm-hmm. election. But they actually don't want him to be a part of this impeachment trial because they know that he's not credible. And isn't it so interesting that the GAO report came out yesterday, the yeah, day the, the Senate started its action? <laughs> yeah, the timing was a uh, very, you know. Very uh, suspect. interesting yeah. suspect. Yeah. Uh, so, so I, I, you know, I don't even want to talk anymore about impeachment. We could talk about the fact that Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats are trying to make it all sad, and Chuck Schumer said something, and I'm just like, oh, I don't care. I, I mean, I mean, to me, the more important news that we should talk about is what I posted on my Facebook page today, and you can, uh, uh, you can f- uh, send me a friend request on Facebook. Michael Yaffe, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm, I'm po- I've been posting blogs on my Facebook every day. That's kind of my New Year's resolution. And it has to do with the fact that the Trump administration did something yesterday to protect prayer in public schools and federal funds for religious organizations. And this seems more important because this is something that I guess it's closer to my heart. And it's closer to home, sure. It's, close, it's more meaningful. Yeah. And, of course, the left is already attacking him for this. He is ruining and going against the First Amendment. And it just amazes me how many people in this country don't understand the First Amendment. They don't get it. They don't understand why the founders put it there. They don't understand what the founders thought of religion. 
they immediately assume they don't even know what it says really they immediately assume that the first amendment and religious freedom was about the separation of church and state that's what they always say which is not in the constitution correct that was in a letter uh from jefferson on that that's been used in a supreme court case but it's not in in the constitution they don't understand the purpose of the first amendment the whole point of the first amendment and religious freedom was to protect your right to practice your religion freely without restrictions from the government and trump mentioned this yesterday and in fact i have the audio up there tom benson let's hear a little bit of trump uh, when he was uh, discussing this yesterday, um, his new moves by his administration uh, dealing with religious freedom. Here it is. In a sacred principle of our republic that government must never stand between the people and God. Yet in public schools around the country, authorities are stopping students and teachers from praying, sharing their faith or following their religious beliefs. Tragically, there is a growing totalitarian impulse on the far left that seeks to punish, restrict, and even prohibit religious expression. That is why today my administration is issuing strong new guidance to protect religious liberty in our public schools. The right of students and teachers to freely exercise their faith will always be protected, including the right to pray. Nine federal agencies are also proposing new rules to roll back discriminatory regulations. So we have rules to roll back discriminatory regulations on religious service organizations. And earlier this afternoon, my White House released a new memo to make sure federal funding is never used to violate the First Amendment. So that was a montage of some of what Trump said yesterday. And he's exactly right. We, we've covered it on this show before. We see it all the time. There is a concerted effort by some on the left and other groups out there not to protect the First Amendment, not to protect religious freedom, but to ban the practice of people's faith in the public square. That's their goal. Their goal is not freedom of religion. Their goal is freedom from religion. In fact, one of the groups that often puts these lawsuits out there, they're literally called the Freedom From Religion Foundation. Hmm. Right there, it totally tells you what you need to know about them. You know, one example was a coach who prayed on the field with his with some of his players. He was merely practicing his religious freedom. He wasn't forcing the students to join him. He wasn't doing anything like that. He wasn't establishing a religion by the government. He was practicing his religion in the public square. And some thought he shouldn't have been able to do that. Who is the one restricting the First Amendment rights? Is it Trump there? Or is it the group that keeps suing people who want to practice their religion freely? Well, that's the interesting thing. Sometimes these uh, people who... Uh protest so much amount to a total of one one person yeah, that's exactly. all it takes and that's all it takes because they have the lawsuit and people freak out and sometimes the courts have to side with that one person because they're liberal courts and they don't understand the first amendment but that's where we are you have groups like the fellowship of christian athletes who have met in schools for decades you know you don't have to go to that they're not forcing students to be a part of that to participate in that to convert 
It just happens they meet in schools a lot of times before or after school so they can go. And there are groups out there that want to ban them from doing that. That is going against the First Amendment, not protecting the First Amendment. One of the main reasons why some of the founders wanted this amendment in the first place, this is important to know, is they grew up in a world where certain areas would actually jail some Christian preachers for preaching in the public square. And the reason why they would jail some Christian preachers is because they went against the official state religion. So if a state had an official denomination in their state, say it was, uh, you know, Episcopalian or something. I don't think that was it, but that's just kind of a random example. You would have Baptist preachers who would come in and preach in the public square, and they would be arrested because they were against the state religion. And some of the founders, they grew up with this, and they thought it was unfair. They wanted the Baptists to be able to practice a religion along with the Methodists, along with the Episcopalians and the Anglicans and all of that. That was the idea, was that you could practice your religion freely without the government playing favorites and the government stepping in and getting in your way of doing that. But what's happened is it's been twisted, especially in the past like couple of decades, to mean that if you are in a government building or something, or if you're in the public square at all, that means no religion can be visible there at all. That's what it means. That's the wall of separation that we're talking about, which was not the point of the First Amendment. Our founders wouldn't understand what you were meaning. Most of our founders were Christian. Some of them were deists, but most of them were Christian. They just didn't want the state to get involved with the church because they didn't want the state to corrupt the church. But that's not what's happening when you have a group praying in school or a fellowship of Christian athletes meeting in a classroom. That's not a government establishing a religion. That's, that's merely allowing them to practice it. Now, I would never support teachers forcing students to pray if they didn't want to, or read the Bible if they didn't want to, or participate in any kind of religion if they didn't want to. I also don't really like the idea of teachers leading prayers in the classroom or teaching Bible study in the classroom, mostly because I don't trust them to teach it correctly, especially if they're, you know, run by the local government. I mean, do we actually trust them to teach it correctly? So, but that's not what we're talking about here. So one example of this recently, uh, the Orlando Sentinel talked about it and they had an editorial against it. They said there was a there was a situation recently where two Christian schools wanted to broadcast a prayer at a game. So it was two Christian schools had a football game. Mm-hmm. It was uh, the state championship. It was done at Camping World Stadium. Mm. The schools merely asked permission if they could broadcast a prayer over the loudspeakers at the game mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because you know you're one. They're two Christian schools. So most of the people there probably go to the Christian schools, and most of the people there are probably Christian, and they just wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. Well, they were denied from doing that. Um, there was a lot, you know, because, let's see here. 
Um, two Christian schools playing at a state championship game asked the association for permission to pray over the loudspeaker at Camping World Stadium in 2015. The FHSAA said no, citing a 2000 U.S. Supreme Court case that ruled against prayer at a publicly organized event in Texas. The schools, Cambridge Christian and Jacksonville University Christian, were allowed to meet midfield for a prayer, which they did before and after the championship game. Months after the game, Cambridge Christian, in conjunction with First Liberty Institute, filed a federal lawsuit alleging that they were in, their religious rights were infringed. Now, the Orlando Sentinel has a whole editorial on this about how their rights were not infringed. They were allowed to pray. It's just you don't want to do it over the loudspeakers because that's a public facility and it might offend someone who was there <laughs> there's nothing in the constitution that prevents you from playing or broadcasting a prayer over a loudspeaker if you want to now i guess it's possible that a group that that stadium can say no if they want to so maybe i don't know if they had how much legal standing they had in this lawsuit but my point is, why not just let him do it? What is it hurting to have the school broadcast a prayer when the game is between two Christian schools Ooh. and most people are Christian? Somebody may not be comfortable. Well, I guarantee you, if it was some other group wanting to broadcast some message, mm -hmm. you know, if it was uh, some leftist message out there, they probably wouldn't care about that if it offended one person. But because it's a Christian thing, that's why they care. Because I truly believe that's the goal of a lot of this, is to be anti-Christian and to take faith, Christianity, religious practice out of the public square and force it behind doors, where the only place you're really going to be able to practice your religion is either in your church or in your home. And it's going to take away your ability to be able to practice your religion anywhere else. And once that happens, the tax-exempt status of churches will be gone. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. And I think it's an attack on Christianity. I think the goal of a lot of these groups is not to protect the First Amendment. Broadcasting a prayer over the loudspeakers doesn't infringe on your rights as an atheist to be an atheist. You could turn it around the other way. But they don't even want to be heard or uh, they don't even want to acknowledge that it exists. I'm telling you, that's what this is all about. So it was good that the Trump administration actually came out and said, you know what? If you're a student group and you want to pray in your school, go ahead and pray. You have the right to do it. If you want to meet somewhere in the school, go ahead and meet. You have the right to do it. I support them for what they did. Okay, we have much more to get to. I want to talk about the Iran situation, and um, we have some politics to get into as well. This is Beyond Reason Radio. I'm your host, Michael Yaffe. We'll be right back. If you miss any of the show, you can download the Beyond Reason podcast on iTunes. Your safe space for conservative thought, not for political correctness. Yaffe is back right now. Yes, welcome back to Orlando's Smart Talk Radio. This is Beyond Reason Radio. We're on until 8 p.m. tonight right here on News Radio WFLA Orlando. And if you miss any of the show, 
and get to the podcast anywhere podcasts are available. We are going through the week's news. I just went over something that hasn't got too much attention, but the fact that President Trump wants to protect religious freedom in schools and religious freedom generally, I think it's a good move. And I explained why. If you missed it, check out the podcast. But we can move on to something else that happened this week. The Democrat debate. And, of course, nobody seems to care about any of the actual policies that were debated <laughs> mostly because we we know what where they stand already i mean how many debates have we had so far there's really just too many debates at one point you're like okay i get it so people want the more juicy stuff and the ratings keep going down yeah i mean but it's because they already know they already know what they're gonna say so the juicy stuff was this spat this feud between Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders. It all started when it was leaked, probably by Elizabeth Warren's team. We don't know that for sure. But it was leaked that Warren and Sanders had a meeting, and apparently Sanders said in the meeting that a woman cannot be elected president. Now, Bernie Sanders has denied that, and of course, this created a whole bunch of controversy, and it came up in the debate Here's the audio of both Sanders and Warren reacting to it. Anybody knows me knows that it's incomprehensible that I would think that a woman could not be president of the United States. Go to YouTube today. There's a video of, the, of me 30 years ago talking about how a woman could become president of the United States. Bernie is my friend, and I am not here to try to fight with Bernie. But look, this question about whether or not a woman can be president has been raised, and it's time for us to attack it head on. Um, and I think the best way to talk about who can win is by looking at people's winning record. So can a woman beat Donald Trump? Look at the men on this stage. Collectively, they have lost 10 elections. The only people on this stage who have won every single election that they've been in are the women, Amy so and me. I am convinced that the Elizabeth Warren and her campaign leaked that so Warren could have that moment you just heard. They wanted, because Warren's been falling in the polls. She had her peak and hasn't been falling hasn't been able to regain that momentum. And she's also been uh, down in contributions. Yeah, exactly. So she needed something to bolster her campaign, and she wanted that moment. And like a typical Democrat, what do they first go to? Identity politics. Yes, that is their holy grail, I guess, is that you can check the right boxes in the identity politics intersectional pyramid. And so... She can't play the Native American card because she was found out to be a liar on that. So she's trying to play the woman card. And she wanted that moment. But does anyone actually believe Bernie Sanders doesn't think a woman can be president? I mean, there's really no evidence in his history of that. He's a communist, not a sexist, okay? I don't believe that. This was all an attempt by Warren to play the intersectional identity politics card. In fact... The CNN ended up releasing the audio because Warren confronted Sanders after the debate. Here's that. I think you called me a liar on national. 
national TV? I think you called me a liar on national TV. Let's not do it right now. You want to have that discussion? We'll have that discussion. You called me. You told me. All right, let's not do it now. I don't want to get in the middle, but I just want to say hi, Bernie. Yeah, good. <laughs> Poor Tom Steyer. He's like, oh, well, this is awkward. <laughs> but the thing that I find fascinating about all this is why are they so obsessed with identity politics in the first place? Hillary Clinton campaigned a lot on being a woman. She lost. Everyone thought Kamala Harris was going to win because she's a black woman, right? She lost. She's already out. Why? Because she wasn't a compelling candidate. She was all over the place. And she had problems in her history. Cory Booker. Oh, he's the next guy. Or Julian Castro. They tried to play up the identity politics card. But you need more than that if you wanted to win an election. The fact is Obama didn't just win because he was black. Because he is black. He won because he was a compelling candidate. He was very good speaker, and he had ideas that attracted people, ideas I disagreed with, but he was a great politician and a great campaigner. This idea that if you just check the right boxes that you can win elections, there's no proof of that. So why do the Democrats keep going down this road? It just doesn't make sense. It's just beyond reason, but that's where they are. When you live by identity politics, you die by identity politics. We'll talk more news next. This is Beyond Reason Radio. If you heart Beyond Reason Radio, listen to the Beyond Reason Radio podcast on iHeartRadio. Just download the iHeartRadio app and search Beyond Reason Radio. This is Orlando's Smart Talk Radio. Beyond Reason Radio continues now. By the way, in the last segment, I was talking about the fact that uh, um, the the feud between Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, they accusing Sanders of saying that a woman can't be president. Did you hear about the controversy? And I can't remember who started this, but somebody started this on Twitter. And it was some columnist or reporter or something and that person basically said that, well, if Bernie Sanders believes that a woman can be president, he should drop out. What? There's actually people calling, people on the left, calling Sanders and all the other white men to drop out because Warren, so a woman can be president. So Warren, Warren deserves it more than he does. Because she's a woman, yes. Yes. Ah. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally serious. That was a controversy. There were some people saying... That, well, if you believe a woman should be president, why don't you drop out? And I'm like, what is, go <laughs> what is going on? It's just, he thinks he would be a better president. That's why he doesn't drop out. I really think all of that is insulting to minorities and women. Mm -hmm. Because shouldn't we judge them based on their character, based on their ideas? Isn't it insulting to say, well, they're only qualified because of the color of their skin? Or their genitalia. That doesn't make any sense. That's insulting to them. We should want them to be president because they have the right ideas. I mean, that should... Be, I thought that was the ideal. I thought that was the goal. But it doesn't seem like that's the goal anymore. Well, they don't have the right ideas, but they have the right uh, private parts. So they should be president? It's, huh? our, it's our turn. It's our time 
elect yeah. us. Yes. No, I mean, the goal is that a woman gets elected president because she's the right person for the job. Mm -hmm. And the whole point is that there are women who are right for the job. <clears throat> Nikki Haley. Just wanted to point that out. <laughs> All right, so I know Nikki Haley's like Tom Benson's. What? <laughs> she, she, he's a big fan of Nikki Haley. So I want to move on to uh, something I saw on Fox News this week, foxnews.com. Judge Andrew Napolitano. Mm -hmm. He's been kind of an anti-Trump Trumper lately, but I, I like a lot of what he has to say. But he has a column here that I really disagree with, and I'm going to tell you why. It starts out, the headline, it says, U.S. killing of Soleimani was odd, out of place, untimely, and unlawful. So he's against Trump's strike against the Iranian military leader and terrorist who was in Iraq, Soleimani, the drone strike that killed him. Now, just a note here, beyond him being an anti-Trumper lately, Napolitano, what you have to understand about him is he's very libertarian. And I've actually read one of his books. He's pretty much against every military action that the U.S. has taken in its history. Hmm. There's very few examples where Napolitano actually supported military action. He just doesn't. He blasts the Bush administration over the Iraq war. He, I think he blasted our involvement in World War One and the Spanish, you know, just... All kinds of wars dating back in our So he's just not a fan of military intervention to begin with. I wonder how he feels about the Revolutionary War. Yeah, I think that's like <laughs> the only one he likes, honestly. <laughs> but he says this. He says, uh, basically, he makes the argument that um, Trump didn't have the authority to do what he did. He says, when witnesses testify in a courtroom and offer varying contradictory or even unlawful explanations of the events under scrutiny... Juries tend not to believe them. The same is now happening with the Trump administration's defense of its killing of Soleimani by the use of an un unmanned drone while he was being driven peacefully along a public highway in Iraq. Oh, okay. What? <laughs> Why the shifting justifications? Here's the backstory. He talks about who Soleimani is, blah, 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 blah. Says, when the U.S. under President George W. Bush invaded Iraq in 2002, pursuant to a congressional authorization of U.S. military force. The government did so by deceiving the American public and Congress into believing it was searching for weapons of mass destruction. Since none were there, none were found. So he's going off the typical Democrat line, Bush lied, people died. He's just assuming that the Bush administration lied. It's funny, when you read Bush's uh, memoir, Decision Points, mm -hmm. he actually addresses that. He goes... Why would I lie about mass weapons of mass destruction, knowing that eventually that would be brought out? Right, exactly. He goes, I really believed they were there. Mm -hmm. If I didn't think they were there, I would have known that would have come to light eventually. Why would I have done that? And I was like, that's a good point. You know, <laughs> he lied and then later on said, uh, uh, you know, whatever. So it's already pretty biased against military involvement in this article he said but the american invasion did destroy the sunni government its target blah blah blah, blah, blah. talks about everything but he says the general's assassination was odd out of place untimely and unlawful odd because the general's folks had worked with our intelligence folks in iraq against isis out of place because the iranian general was welcomed by the iraqi government it was not engaged in any violence or war crimes at the time he was killed now this is the part where i really disagree with him on this 
Oh, and then he says this. Here, let me read the last part here before I get to that. Untimely, because whatever he may have been planning to do was not an imminent attack on the U.S. or on Americans. How do you know? That's my question for you. How do you know? The U.S. intelligence said that it was an imminent attack. Now, I agree that Trump kind of muddied the waters. Trump came out and said, I be he, his exact words were, I believe he was going to order the attack of four U.S. embassies. And then Esper, another military and intelligence official, said, no, I have not seen that. Most likely, they had intelligence that he was planning attacks on U.S. diplomats and personnel. And some of the possible locations were the U.S. embassies. So Trump took that, the possible locations, and just said, I believe that that's where he mm -hmm. was going. Not the worst defense, like I said, but it kind of muddied the waters. Not the smartest decision by Trump. That being said, what more evidence do you need that it was an imminent threat when literally the week before they attacked a U.S. embassy? They threatened American lives days before the strike against Soleimani. And there was evidence, military intelligence, that suggests that Soleimani was directing that attack on the embassy. Not only that, but a week before that, Iranian-backed militants in Iraq shot rockets and killed an American contractor. There's two pieces of evidence within the month leading up to Soleimani being killed in which U.S. Americans were attacked and one U.S. Americans, Americans were attacked and one person was actually killed from it and others threatened at the embassy. Why do you think Soleimani was in Iraq? You think he was there on vacation? He was there planning attacks. That's why he was there. And he was wanted to continue planning attacks because the whole situation at the embassy. That to me, maybe, I, I mean, tell me I'm wrong, Tom Benson. That to me is already enough evidence to show that he was an imminent threat. Mm -hmm. Sure. Because he was literally carrying out attacks Within the week leading up to him being killed. Remember the old uh, TV show, uh, Murder, She Wrote? Yeah. You, you know, they used to say, don't invite Jessica Fletcher anywhere because somebody's going to die. It's like, this guy shows up someplace, you know bad things are going to happen. Exactly. Of course, he was an imminent threat. But not only that, he was designated a terrorist, not just by Trump, but by the Obama administration. So under... The AUMF that authorizes military force, you can use military force in Iraq to kill terrorists. This guy, designated a terrorist by the Obama administration, who was ordering attacks against Americans at the time of his killing. That's why he was in Iraq. He was killed and everyone goes up in arms because Trump did it. And I talked to some people, and it's amazing. The mainstream media thought it was going to bring on World War III. They thought this was an assassination. One person I talked to said, oh, it's just a hit or something. The fact is, it was extremely effective because it put the Iranians in a tough spot. They knew they wanted to respond. They knew they had to respond. But they also now knew that Trump would strike back if they killed Americans. Trump's they also know that Trump's kind of unpredictable with some of this stuff, which puts more fear 
into them, which makes them think twice before they do anything against America, Americans, and American interests. So they had to walk a tightrope, and that's why they did that kind of lame attack against the U.S. base where they actually warned Iraq beforehand so Iraq would warn us. And the only casualties we have were some U.S. service members were injured by with concussion-related injuries, but apparently... You know, it's normal protocol to check them out after something like that. But it was obvious that Iran didn't want to actually hurt any Americans because they knew Trump would respond. And it was a good move, and the Democrats don't know what to do with it. And it amazes me that there's still people out there blaming Trump for this when Iran was the one attacking us. Oh, but Trump backed out of the Iran nuke deal. Everything was just rainbows and lollipops with Iran after Obama did the Iran nuke deal and basically released billions of dollars to them. And everything was just lollipops, right? No, 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 that's not true. In fact, Iran was still launching ballistic missiles that were now funded by the extra money. They were still actively promoting terrorism in Lebanon and Iraq because they wanted more influence in Iraq because eventually they would like to take over the government of Iraq and Lebanon. Not only that, but the civil war in Yemen was going on. So let's not act. That was all under the Iran nuke deal. And the Iran nuke deal was temporary. And eventually they could have just started making nuke weapons again once it ran out. And they would have just asked for more money, which was the point, and used that money to fund more terrorism. So let's not pretend everything was lollipops and sunshine and rainbows and unicorns under the Iran nuke deal. It wasn't. Fact is, Trump was pretty smart. And you know what? I like what Pompeo has to say a lot. It's time for Iran to start acting like a normal country. Mm, sure. If they want the money back, stop being crazy Islamic terrorists. But it, they act like the U.S. started this. The U.S. didn't start this. They, Iran attacked oil fields in Saudi Arabia, downed a U.S. drone, continued to support terrorism in Iraq, and years before that were killing American troops in Iraq. And then they attacked troops in Iraq, they killed an American contractor, and then attacked a U.S. embassy. And somehow this is Trump's fault. Very interesting. Why don't you blame the crazy radical regime that's killing its own people for protesting? Not Trump. Just my thoughts on that. This is Beyond Reason Radio. I'm your host, Michael Yaffe. We'll be right back. It would be beyond reason not to listen to Yaffe on your TuneIn Radio app. Download the app today and search Beyond Reason Radio. The conscience in your ear telling you the difference between right and wrong. Yaffe is back on the air. Why is it the goal of the Orlando Sentinel... To make Florida a big government tax-heavy state. Big Democrat liberal state. I mean, they'll, they'll never admit that. But I have a feeling that one day you will see the Orlando Sentinel push for a state income tax. Ooh. I think it's going to happen. Because it's the government spending is never good enough. Mm -hmm. Governor Ron DeSantis passed the biggest budget... In Florida history. And they're still complaining. Not enough. Not enough. Now, it is true that per capita, we still have one of the smallest budgets in the country. 
that to me tells, I mean, that tells me and should tell you that, oh, maybe small government works because Florida's economy is booming and people are moving here. In fact, 300,000 people are moving here every year. So it sounds like maybe the small government approach is working. And maybe more states should take that up. But no. Instead, you have places like the Orlando Sentinel that feel like, uh, well, we should be like the other states then. We should be like all the other states that they're moving away from? Well, how does that make sense? By the way, welcome back. This is Beyond Reason Radio. I'm your host, Michael Yeffy. I figured you already knew that. Tom Benson is joining me as well. The reason why I bring this up is Orlando Sentinel did an editorial this week uh, criticizing Governor Ron DeSantis. Uh, for his state of the state speech, which I thought was pretty good. Mm-hmm. He addressed a lot of things. He's one of the most popular governors right now in Florida history. And it was his first one ever. Yeah. But um, they said he played it safe. He didn't boldly arrive on new things. And all of it is because they want the government to spend more. They're, they've been complaining. The Orlando Sentinel has been complaining this week that I guess there are cap corporate tax loopholes mm-hmm. where not enough people are paying well, not enough businesses are paying corporate income tax in the state of Florida because there's all these loopholes. Now I actually agree that we should probably get rid of those loopholes more out of an issue of fairness because you know, it kind of plays favorites. The big companies can get away with that because they have the lawyers and the small companies can't. So we should get rid of the loopholes so everyone pays the same. In fact, I, I want that nationwide get rid of all the complicated tax codes and we all just pay a very low rate, Every, and everyone just pays a very low rate, and that's it. The economy would boom after that. But the Orlando Sentinel, they're not mad because of the fairness of it. They're mad because they want more money out of the government. They want the government to spend more money. But think about this. Since 1984, the state's population has doubled. So you think, oh, well, the budget must have doubled in that time, right? Because the population doubled, the budget doubled. No. The budget has increased by eight times. It's eight times higher than it was in 1984. Eight times higher. We just passed the biggest budget in Florida history, and the Orlando Sentinel and others are still complaining that they're not spending enough. It says here, it says, uh, we need a fearless, we need the fearlessness of a visionary. Instead, what we got sounded like a risk-averse political consultant. Perhaps we all make too big a deal out of these annual speeches, but the state of the state is here to say so it might as well be done right. They complain that he didn't say anything about gun violence or school safety. Forget about the fact that DeSantis repealed uh, Scott Israel, the sheriff down there, who screwed up uh, down there and was part of the problem where they had that shooting. He also says uh, they praise him for wanting to do, uh, um, you know, environmental work. But it says, for the most part, we heard a raw, raw rhetoric on the virtues of charter schools. Oh, no, school choice, allowing parents to choose instead of having to be forced to go to their local public school. No, how could you have that? Parents aren't smart enough to make the right decision. You know that, Tom. <laughs> I mean, that's basically their argument. Sure. That, well, a lot of these Private schools are not very good, so that means parents aren't smart enough to make those decisions. And if your kid is not that smart, don't worry about it. We'll push them through anyway. Yeah, it says the disconnect yeah, exactly. The disconnect was never more obvious than when DeSantis claimed that for six straight years, Florida led the nation in the amount of income flowing into Florida 
from people, tens of billions of dollars, he said. If it's true that more money is coming into the state, then why are state prisons falling to pieces? Why are the waiting lists for essential services? Why do Florida teachers' salary rank 46 out of the 50 states? Man, I don't know why everyone's moving here. What a terrible place to live. You can't do everything all at once, you know? Yes. I mean, we have 300,000 people moving here every year. We have a huge economic boom. Houses are being built everywhere. DeSan- Jobs are being created. DeSantis is setting his priorities for the next year. That's well, exactly. it. But it's it's just funny that we're, we're literally seeing Florida grow beyond our wildest dream, the economy grow. And you read the Orlando Sentinel and you think, oh, my God, what a horrible place. to!" And it's only good for the rich things. Oh, it's just the it's the usual class warfare stuff. And I'm like, maybe it's doing so well economically because of the small government low tax stuff. Why are you so desperate to make us like the other states where everyone's leaving? Huh. I just don't understand. It is beyond reason. Appreciate you listening to the show tonight. If you missed any of the show, catch the podcast on the iHeartRadio app or anywhere podcasts are available. Make sure to follow me on Twitter as well at PMOWFLA. And well, I'll talk to you guys next time. See you next. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.